Hello and welcome to Basically. This week I wanted something a little bit lighter, but still something that kind of, you know, broke down some myths about what it is like to be a TV presenter. And so I got on to Ireland's top TV presenter, Ryan Tuberty, so that he could give us an insight, a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be a TV presenter. I've been on The Late Late Show myself about, I think, five times now. And when I went, first of all, I was kind of fascinated to see how it all worked because I think I thought that it was much more maybe glamorous than it was, you know. Um, So when I went, uh, a taxi picked me up at my house, uh, sent by RTE. They did my hair and my makeup um, in the studio and Ryan was actually getting his makeup done as well at the same time. So that was kind of interesting. And the first time I was on the Late Late Show, Michael D. Higgins was there as well. So it was a little bit different because obviously the president was in the building. So you had to be kind of reverent in a way that I didn't have to be the next time I was on. But uh, Ryan came to the green. So you go into the green room and you're allowed to bring three friends uh, so I brought my housemates and my media trainer, Lorcan, at the time. And I was on talking about my TV show, Can't Cope, Won't Cope. It had just, uh, I think the second episode had gone out and it was kind of causing a ruckus because it was about girls drinking and having sex and stuff. And so I was brought on to talk about it. And it was such a landmark in my life because my Nana was watching. And I think as an Irish person, like being on the Late Late Show is, I don't know, it's just one of those things that everyone talks about. Like if I was on the Late Late Show, I'd be like this. But um, we went to the green room and they have these triangle sandwiches and crisps and four seats around a table. And then there's a big screen that shows the scene, like that shows what's happening live. Um, and so when other guests are on, the green room's kind of quiet, but there's drinks and tea and coffee and wine. And I don't drink, so I didn't have any. But some of the guests who were going on ahead of me, not Michael D. Higgins now, but other guests were actually drinking. And I was like, that's a bit mental now because, you know, what if you get very loose lipped? But the researchers had been on to me during the week and they just kind of wanted to ask me some questions and get to know me so that they can then feed back to Ryan because obviously he can't possibly know all he needs to know about every guest. So he has researchers to build up a profile. And then I was, uh, they call you before you're meant to go on and you stand backstage and uh, they tell you to walk. First of all, they tell you what music you're going to walk on to because there's that live band. So they um, said, you're going to be walking on to Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I was like, okay. So they were like, you walk up to the steps, walk out, pause for a minute, count to two, and then walk down the steps. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall flat in my face. And so then you hear the ad break come on and it's like, And my stomach sank. I was like, oh God, oh God. And during that music, there's a man putting a microphone on you. So you just have to put your hands in the air and they're like clipping things onto you. There's a woman touching up your makeup because trying to cover the sweat. 
And I knew that the first question that he was going to ask me was, why did your eye can't cope won't cope? Because I, I asked, can you please let me know what the first question is, just so that I kind of get settled. And I knew that was going to be my first question. And as I heard that music, the answer to the question totally went out of my head. I was like, why did I write it? So I ran back to the green room and my media trainer was there and I was like, Lorcan, why did I write can't cope, won't cope? And he and we had prepared, like I had gone through my answers and he was like, you didn't see yourself represented on screen. Remember all the things you said? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what media training is. Like I had told him my answers already and then he was able to like retain them for me and prompt me when I, when the nerves got too much. So um, I was so glad that I brought him from the communications with me, from the communications clinic to the show on the night, which was kind of a bizarre thing to do, but I would have been lost without him. So then uh, I walked up onto the stage, girls just want to have fun played, and I was wearing this red dress, and I was just so nervous. And then Ryan came to the steps to, and put out his hand to help me walk down the steps because I'm not used to walking in heels. And then I kind of spoke to the audience rather than to Ryan to get them on side because there's like 100 people in the, or maybe 250 people in the audience. And I'm used to being a theatre actor. So I'm used to kind of interacting with live audiences. And once you connect with the audience, then it's, you're set to go. Um, So that's my experience of it. And I was kind of interested. No one ever thinks about, I never thought about like, how's Ryan feeling about this? So I wanted to kind of talk to Ryan see where he was at, what it's like to be a TV presenter. Does he wear makeup? Does he drive himself to the show? Does he pick his own clothes? Just so that I could get a sense of what it's actually like to be a TV presenter. So here's Ryan. Ryan, do you pick the guests for the Late Late Show? It's a collaborative effort. There's no question about it. I mean, I would be, I describe myself sometimes being like a tipping point where we'll be saying, we'd all generally know what a good guest looked like and uh, what we'd want and expect for the show. And sometimes there'd be a point where they go, um, what about this person? And I'll come in and say, I, I think it's a terrible idea or equally, I think it's an amazing idea. And that might be enough to get the person across the line, either side of the line, incidentally. So I'd say collaborative, definitely. I think the heavy lifting is done. And I'm not saying this in sort of sort of humble bragging, self-deprecating nonsense. Uh, the heavy lifting is done by the people who work on the program. And who are those people? Yeah, they're, they're, they're producers, researchers and, and, and others. Um, so producers are the two at the top who are kind of running the unit, as it were. And then the researchers are digging and working uh, to make contact with people. They're coming up with ideas for guests. They're trying to decide how to treat an item. So, there, you know, it is an enormous amount of uh, work that goes into it, as opposed to kind of saying, we'll just throw a few heads on and have the chats and see what happens. Are those producers picked by you or like, are you this sort of disposable part and they're like the civil servants of it and they keep it going. Um, so am I the minister and are they the first secretaries yeah. of the department? Um, I would say <laughs> I would say that uh, we there would definitely be discussions as to who we, who I work with and who works with me. Yeah, I think that you'd have to. So did you inherit any of the people from the last, who was the last pre presenter of the Late Late Show? The last presenter was Pat Kenny. 
Uh, that's so, eleven or twelve years he, ago. No, none of the people working on Pat Show would be there now. Well, bar one actually, who who works on the music side of things, Dermot. But everyone else has moved on. It, it's quite, you know, it's not that it's you say I don't want to work with that person. It it actually just moves in cycles. No one wants to work on the late late show or any show in RT necessarily for X amount to, for for too long. So you kind of a lot of people feel right. I've done my stint there. I'd, I'd like to go somewhere else. But I would have very much, um, I very much value my relationship with the people I work with in the sense that. I don't think it's enough to be colleagues. I think you have to be friends. And if if not friends, at least friendly. I'm kind of interested in looking at like the life of a TV presenter because I think there's a lot of myths that go around it. Like, did you hang around RT making tea and then one day started working your way up? Because I think there's a sense that like sometimes people are like, oh, if I hang around here long enough, I'll be presenting the Late Late Show. Or how did you get into it? Well, I think the the what I found was you, you try and, and make your presence felt when you get in at, at the lowest uh, rung, which was, as you say, making tea and coffee for Jerry Ryan. Um, and as I did that, I was watching all around me to see how everything worked. I was convinced this was going to be where I wanted to be. Uh, so you did actually make tea for Jerry Ryan? I made tea and coffee for Jerry Ryan and I would bring down regularly Danish pastries from the canteen upstairs to his <laughs> studio, regularly. And I would take great joy when I'd hear him um, talking about the Danish pastries. That I was the one who put it in front of him. I mean, that, that's how excited I was to be there. Um, and I still am. So, so, yeah. How many Danish pastries does it take to present the Late Late Show? Well, it takes a few, Stephanie. I mean, I, I'm a cake <laughs> guy. Like, I love cake. Like, I like the raspberry and uh, a coconut sponge thing. And I like the uh, apple pound sponge cake. I like uh, the, the lovely chocolate and coffee cakes, anything. I la- always have cake. In fact, the last three weeks, I've been bringing in large cakes to the show. So you're still bringing cakes. You don't have someone who's bringing you cake, hoping that they will usurp you at some point. No, I don't feel a confectional threat from anyone but I will say that uh, one of my colleagues whose husband is involved in the cake business has been bringing me a cake the odd time but I have paid for it so she may be the next the first female presenter <laughs> she the would be, except a, for Miriam well Miriam had a go at it of course for a couple of weeks there and she was brilliant so uh, yeah it's all it's all it's all to, look it's all about the cake okay so then talk me through like I think there might be a slight misconception or conception anyway that you just rock up on a Friday evening and present the show and go home tell me like when does an episode start getting planned do you have meetings talk me through the lead up to a late late show so um, I, I come into the I do my radio show every morning at uh, at 9 to 10 so I'm, I'm at my desk around 7 between 7 15 7 30 um, and then mm-hmm. I make my way across the campus to the television guys on a Monday and we would this is now pre-COVID obviously uh, we do it on yeah. Zoom now and we discuss how did the show go everyone happy with it um, it's honest it's frank it's sometimes um, hurtful what kind of sentences so, might come out there um, whose idea was that and how are you still working here no money joking. Are you serious? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a very civilized uh, exchange and rarely needs to be robust in fairness to us. Uh, it's so like if a guest, say you had a guest on, yeah. like I've been on the Late Late Show, say if I had come on mm. and totally went rogue and not said anything that I said I was going to say, yeah. would that have been my researcher's fault? No, I think that, that I like that. I like when you see, we don't like to plan it within an inch of its life either because otherwise there's no room for... Uh, spontaneity and ad-libbing which is among among my favourite things to do and actually since this season started um, with there's been you know new management at the top in terms of um, the producers uh, executive and series producer and they took it upon themselves to say we want to see more of you from the radio 
rather than you from previous seasons of The Late Late Show. And I said, well, look, th- I'd love to do that if you can produce it in such a way that allows me to, to do that. And it's been successful. And what are the things that allows that? Well, uh, they just aren't as, as slavish to maybe um, the questions on the card or auto cue or briefings and stuff like that. It's more, it's looser, and that that suits me better. Uh, it allows me to bring out my own uh, uh, sense of humor, if you want to call it that. Uh, and you know, shoulders drop a little bit, and you can just roll with it more. And we had this amazing, um, amazingly uh, unpredictable, particularly unpredictable season this year because you know we started off the sh- the, the show. We said. Ireland. That I, I had it in my head since July. I want this season to be about Ireland and about uh, you know buying local, shopping local, and celebrating local as it happens. And somebody came up with the idea of bringing all the frontline workers into the show uh, in uh, for the first show at the opening credits. I don't know if you saw that, but they, they were representatives from all the op- from the frontline services. We had no idea there was a virus coming down the tracks. Obviously, but I know it seemed very. <laughs> Like when it when you replayed it, then yeah, it was unbelievable. It was actually very moving. Yeah, very, mo- but it was moving on the night. I remember that, yeah. and because it was there's something very beautiful about these people in uniform who kind of. So was that your idea then? No, it was. It was the idea. It's it's all very much collaborative. I'll say that again because I don't want to be so saying like, oh, I did that. I did that. You're like, I want Ireland. I'll say. And then uh, yeah, we, someone we, might have the idea like, oh, maybe we could do this, or we meant, could do this, and then it's collaboration. Definitely, I. It's like the toy show. They'll say, "What is?" And I'll say to the guys, "I want home. I want the couch. I want family. I want blended family." Or, or the year before, it was, "I want the kid who doesn't get picked for the team." And you suddenly get this, and then they run with it and say, "Oh no, this is where we need." And they'll find people, and they. So it, that sense of of teamwork is extraordinary. It's, there's a book called uh, "The Boys on the on the Boat." The Boys in the Boat, uh, which I read, was very influential in terms of. Uh, these guys oh, rowing and yeah and when the oars drop in the water synchronicity is key and that boat moves like a dream and I've got that at the moment on both radio and TV um, where they, they get me I get them there's a lot of love around the place and we're and it's, and it's working so that's I mean I think because you're very capable at your job and you're very efficient and you're proficient as well but like you have, let's say, up to seven, eight, nine guests on the Late Late Show. You have to be briefed, obviously, to be like, okay, Stephanie Price is coming on. She's written this TV show. You may not have seen it. You may not have heard of me. It might have been a busy week. Mm. So do you, how much do you need your researchers to tell you, like, these are the things you need to ask her because we need to hit this point? There was a time when I suppose the researchers would have to do a full uh a biographical tome written for me because you know just to prepare me for it. But I'm you know eleven years in 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 this seat in the Late Late Show, and I was five years on Tuberty tonight, and I've met pretty much everyone I'm interviewing once before. And so that warms. Yeah. So that, when do you that, meet them in the? How does that work? Because I know Ellen DeGeneres doesn't. Well, what I, when I say I've, met, I've, I've interviewed them once before, certainly, and I met them on the, in the oh, show right, okay. or on the radio show. In terms of meeting them before, I'll come to that in a minute. That's a different story, but uh, it just warms, you know, so that in terms of briefings, so the researchers will go and brief 
uh, but they don't have to go too long on it now. So, like Stephanie Prizner's coming out, I was like, well, like, no, Stephanie, get on great with her. She's brilliant, and 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 I don't need to read all about how she came from here and she did this. And she, I know that. So it's now about finding new angles to talk to uh, Stephanie about and what's on her mind. What, and then once you come down, that's fine. We'll have a, a roadmap on uh, of questions where to go. But then, but we can go off the grid, and that's where I prefer it because it's more natural and more real. And uh, back to your other question then about meeting, I will always meet guests before the show on in the in the green room in their dressing rooms. It's key. You need to. I would need to look in the whites Why of the is it eyes. Important? Well, you know, if somebody like Tony Blair is coming in, or even Brendan Gleeson, or you know, whoever it might be, it could be Don McLean or Neil Diamond, or it could be Leo Varadkar. It doesn't matter. You just want to see these these guys that you've been reading about or hearing or seeing for years and years. You just want to, in the old days, shake their hand, look them in the eye, and say to them. I'm the guy, I've got this, and you're the guest, and I'm glad you're here. So let's have a look at you, and you know, and you'll you'll get a vibe off somebody straight away, and you'll get a, a sense of where the interview is going to go. I remember the first time I was on, and you came into the green room, and I hadn't really met you before, and I was kind of starstruck because obviously, like you're Ryan Toberty from the Late Late Show, and you just looked into my eyes, and you're like, "I've got you. We're this is what we're doing. You just look at me. You're going to be fine." I've got you, we're going to do this. And my heart was racing. And I mean, I'd like to say it calmed me down. It didn't because that music, you know, when the comes in and like as a normal person, you're like, oh my God, there's so many people watching. But it is, I think if I hadn't had that meeting with you beforehand in the green room, I don't know that I would have been able to walk on. So you are right. Like it is key. Well, you can you imagine at least you, you have, you have a profile and you're happy to go out and, and tell your story. Imagine people who've, who've had, you know, awfulness in their life or sickness or yeah. whatever, and they're coming out. Imagine how freaky it is for them. They, I always try and spend a bit of time. I sometimes call them during the week and say, look, I know this is going to be big for you. And I know that it's going to be strange for you. We said, I've, I've done my homework. I know lots about you. I know everything you, you need to say. So I'll, I'll mind you. Um, and not in a patronizing way, but just in the sense that like, it's big to go on TV. I, I speak to my own family and if they ever have to do something in public, whether it's an interview or something, I can sense their nervousness. And so I, I learn from them for dealing with people who aren't in the public eye. And uh, you do need to mind people. It's respectful. It's kind. You get and it's the right nervous way. at all anymore on a Friday. Yeah, I do. I, I think I get nervous every Friday at about 9.15 to 9.20 when I realize I'm about to jump into a very cold swimming pool and like all swimming pools or sea, the sea, uh, you swim and after only a few minutes, it, it gets kind of warm. And you go, How is this warm? And then you don't want to get out. And it's kind of strangely but lovely. After all these years, like I think you probably know that like to kind of change your metaphor a small bit, that like it's a very warm sea, like you're being very welcomed by the ocean that is in front of you. Do yeah. you feel that, or sometimes do you yeah, a feel few, a few uh, rocks around the place? The but, BAI uh, complaints. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, this season, particularly, I think I've kind of grown into the role more than I have before, and that's because a lot of things happened. Gay died, um, Marion died, Larry Gogan died, uh, forced me into uh, being reflective on on the hoof and think about people I respected and loved and worked with and admired. And um, having to kind of channel that for for the people at home was was big, and um, you know I, I had to do a bit of growing up in some ways, and and I I, I was happy to do that. And then um, obviously we did the toy show, and you know one minute you're you're, you're mourning somebody amazing, and the next thing you're Olaf, and you know it's they're big gear changes. And then the virus came, and that changed everything. 
Um, you walk out to that studio, and as you know yourself, when you walk out and the band plays and there's this electricity in the air and there's a buzz off the audience, and suddenly, gone. I mean, it's, it, it is like everyone's been saying. It's like an episode of The Twilight Zone. No audience, um, a sense of somber uh, worry and concern in the air. And again, collaboratively, I speak with my friends and colleagues on the late late, and we say, right, we need to we need to get this right. We need to we need to feel what people are feeling and think what people are thinking. Um, and week in week out, we've been endeavouring to do that. And uh, I hope we've been doing the right thing. Well, I think you have. I also think that f- the electricity, like, there's also a. For the lack of an audience in studio, I think the actual public are on the edge of their couch more waiting for the Late Late Show on a Friday night now, where more than ever, it's a public service, more than ever people need it. And I think striking that balance, how are you finding striking the balance of like entertainment, like distracting people, but also educating and reassuring people? It, I, th- I suppose the key to it for me is not to patronise and and, yeah. and not to underestimate um, and so to, to get that balanced right has been, uh, I suppose it's been a challenge in some ways, and yet it's been a welcome challenge because we've we've endeavoured to to rise to it. And the response we're getting from people is kind of like what you said there. Um, there, the, the Late Late Show is like a signpost to normality for people yeah. to say, we're here, you're there, it's 9.35. You know, never was time more fluent or fluid in people's yes. lives. Uh, so done, whatever about the hour, the day, the week, is uh, the months are all blending into this temporal blob. And here we are on a Friday saying, the blob stops here for two hours. Welcome. Okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> on a note of uh, the gear change, I'm going to ask you some slightly frivolous questions that my followers have asked me to ask you. Really? Yeah. I'm delighted you, to answer them. Do you wear makeup? I have to wear makeup, and um, I was I was I was never going to threaten the catwalks of of Paris or Milan uh, as a kid, or indeed as an adult. And I'm not looking for attention. I'm simply saying that's the way it is. And on TV, you've got to wear makeup, and as you get older, you probably have to wear a bit more than normal. So yeah, I do have to wear makeup, but only on television. Oh no, only on television. Sorry, I didn't know you were being specific. I would no, never. No, I, I I am just being specific oh, yeah. now to f- because of what you said. You're just trying to try fry my brain. Uh, but I would never. No, I wouldn't wear makeup off the. Do no. you? Do you? Like, do you like inspect the makeup or do you just trust that the makeup artist knows? I trust, I trust, I absolutely, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know. Do you know what, to be honest with you, even if they did a, 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 a terrible job, I don't think I'd know the difference. Do, does someone pick your clothes? There's a, there's, <laughs> well, Stacey is, it works in, in the ward, the costume department and she, I'd say, I'd say I'm the cause of more eye rolling in that department than anywhere else because I'm quite Why? specific. Because I know what I like and I like what I know. And my, uh, no, it's true. And I know what exactly, and, but weirdly, so I'll have say six suits ready to go. And Stacey would, would, would help with the putting it together, of course, and colors. And, and um, she'd say, oh, I've seen something nice. And I'll say, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, like that. So we've got a good vibe going on there. Um, but what are the things that you say no to? Shiny, shiny suits, shiny suits. Right. Okay. Uh, anything shiny, anything too, too electric. Um, steady now and uh, so I'm loving McGee at the moment because I like it's Irish and it's Tweedy but it's kind of contemporary as well so I'm loving that um, and um, anyway uh, so I could go down and, and there'll be six suits shirts and I, w- I won't know until five o'clock on Friday what m- what mood I'm in in order to get into one of those suits I'll have to decide right. and the shade the colour the tie everything 
I, I couldn't tell you on Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday what suit I'm going to wear. And are they just RT suits or are they also like, oh, I have a family wedding. I'll grab that suit I wore last <laughs> no, Friday night. No, they'd be RT. <laughs> RT's property. <laughs> I, have a, I have a few suits for, for those. I'm, I'm beyond the, the wedding circuit now, thank God. Uh, so I'm more uh, probably closer to funeral wear. Um, so I have a suit ready to go for any of that. I think people have this misconception that like you don't even do your own shopping, like that you have a driver and that you have a... Sh- I, I, I drive, uh, I cycle, I have a Vespa and I have a car. And I would, I probably know the staff in Super Value, my local Super Value by name now. I'm there every pretty much two days because I, 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 I like fresh food. I don't, I don't freeze food. I'm, it's strange, but I love that shop and I'm there all the time. All the time. Oh, and I've only been stopped, I'd say, three times by people saying, I can't believe you do your own shopping. And I always roar laughing. Yeah, I, I, I think that's also why like trolls on the internet are the worst because they don't think people actually even run their own Instagram accounts. You do run yours, do you? I do indeed. Uh, it's a very innocent Instagram account. There's not much, I suppose, going on necessarily. It's, it's, it's a few things I like or telling people what I'm up to in terms some of puns and a few terrible dad jokes and puns and things like that but yeah it just gets gets me to a different audience to the radio one audience and to the late late show audience and they're generally really lovely people on it any any sign of trouble there they they, they get the royal order of the boot but uh broadly speaking people are really nice do you go straight home after the late late show on a I, friday evening? i do now or do you all go out are there after no we parties? used there was great fun down through the years but uh since covid no you're gone you're, there's there's nothing shaking oh uh, yeah all. but before covid before like, covid there was a green room there and that would uh, always lend itself to uh, a few beers after the show for sure and then when i was younger i'd go on further again um into town and and uh, what have you but not so much now yeah, what happens if you interview someone that you actually kind of hate, like, or that you actually kind of maybe f- fancy a small bit? Do you have to like keep a little bit of professionalism? Do you struggle to keep respect? I mean, now with the dislike more than the other time. Uh, I I think the fairest way to say it is that you you you'd be surprised. You might have preconceptions about somebody, and uh, you've got to try and park them, uh, because very often the person you meet is a joy. And uh, very rarely are they not a joy. So suddenly you they ever interviewed someone that you hated. No, hate is a strong word. It's a totally. Yeah, my 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 dad always said never hate anyone, just dislike them intensely. Uh, it was great. Dislike. <laughs> have you ever disliked <laughs> yes. intensely disliked someone you interviewed? Sometimes, but yeah, uh, sometimes I have after the interview rather than during it or before it. Uh, but no, very rarely actually. I, I don't have I don't have uh, any hate in my heart for guests, and and that's true. I don't. It's just not. I does. I why would I do that to myself? You know, why would I bring that into my world? I don't. It's a job. Um, a job I love. And um, no, it, it people are generally fascinating. I have three more questions for you. Right? Do you watch the show back? Never. Straight never. Up, straight up. Never. When was the last time I watched something back? I think I watched the opening with the frontliners uh, when we showed that because I thought it was lovely and what they do with the music and everything like that. But uh, no. No, I don't want, I don't I need. watched my uh, first interview with you back yeah. because everyone said I was flirting with you, but actually oh. that's just what happens when I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think anything untoward was happening at all. No. Uh, but people love to, people love to put, yeah, I can appreciate that. People love to say, oh, oh, oh. And actually, if you ask me and they say, might say it afterwards, I say, what are you talking about? You know, but that's just people being, you know, they're, they're, they're having fun. Is there a downside to your job? Do you find like your lack of anonymity 
or I, I think that in my early days, I was it took a while probably to acclimatize to the lack of anonymity and trying to to find uh, how to work my way through that. Um, but now uh, I, I'd be forty seven in the next week or two, and with that in mind, I've I've come to terms with a lot of things and a lot of stuff. And I'm a much more relaxed, easygoing like what kind of stuff? human being now than I would have been 15 years ago or 10 years ago, five years ago. What kind of stuff? I suppose you just, you, you, I think you, you become, um, I would have had much more, um, I, I would have had a bigger welcome for myself in the past. I would have been delighted to meet me in the corridor. And um, I thought, I think that was kind of hubris. Um, Do you mean notions? Like I had notions. Yeah, I, oh, that, yeah okay. sorry, that's it. I was, that's exactly the word. I think I did have notions, and and <laughs> and uh, you know, and I just don't really have them now. Um, I don't think I, I take everyone on a case by case. I don't care where you're from or what you've done. I just want to say hello, and if you're lovely, great, and if you're not, beat it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and then final question: as a TV presenter, as your job, yes, where do you see like, do you want to like ride out the late late show wave into retirement? Do you see, do you have, you know the way there's this thing where people expect Irish people to want to go abroad? Yeah. Uh, what's what's the next few years looking like? The, the next few years are, are going to be strange because, you know, television, I was told a year ago or two years ago that uh, terrestrial television was in trouble. And then they told me last week when Leo Varadkar was on, over a million people watched The Late Late Show. So, you know, The Late Late Show seems to have this ability to stay on and stay relevant 50% share last Friday night. I mean, that's mad. If you asked anyone from the BBC or Sky or, you know, Channel 4, any, like, any of your shows doing that, they'd say, please, can we have a third of that? So I'm proud yeah. of that. And, I'm, and, and I think that's Irish people being loyal. And um, I think that it kind of would put the brakes on any thoughts of short-circuiting, you know, your time there because, you know, there's, there's, it, there's, there's work to be done. So I'm not planning any retirement uh, at this point or any sense of departure I don't, I don't it's not even on the horizon uh, so I can't give you a, a kind of fun answer I, my dream if you want to ask me what my dream is after that is to own an, a, 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 a small um, cottage on a lake in Connemara with a with a with an open fire and a, a kettle, such an old man a like a kettle a kettle a fishing rod and uh, some flies and your and, and your tweed McGee suits no, they'll be discarded now unless it's the funeral up the road in Carrow. And then so, I'll what go. are you wearing uh, on this boat? I'll be wearing my jeans that I'm wearing now, for God's sake, Stephanie, and my gingham shirt. You know the usual sort of weekend away sort of. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love wow. I'd love that cottage in the west, but that's great. I'm I'm delighted. I know you're mocking me, but I'm delighted that my ambition, uh, architecturally and geographically, is to cross the Shannon and end up on the west coast of Ireland. I would hate if I wanted to have an apartment in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or wherever the hell it is, uh, or you know some. Bling, I know, yeah, but you've got the fest. same hopes and dreams as I don't know, Amy De Valera. Like you're just short of having girls dancing <laughs> at crossroads. Well, I mean. <laughs> What's your pro- what's your problem with that? No, 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 no. It is, is old fashioned, but your look was it was ever thus, as you know. It was ever thus. Listening ever to thus. Frank Sinatra. Thank hey, you so yeah, much still, for your time, I still Ryan. Do. No, thank you. I, 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 do you do you watch the Late Late Show? I do watch the Late Late Show. Yes, um, mm. and sometimes I watch it on player. 
uh, I haven't watched, I didn't watch the first half of this series because it was something I used to do with my nana. Ah, and your nana. It was and a bit much. We used to send the odd message to her, didn't we? Um, yeah, she's obsessed with you. <laughs> I mean, that must be strange that you have that sort of, uh, you know, she she was your Friday night and that the show was her Friday night and the three trains all met. And then I just remember every time it was the last episode of the Late Late Show in a season, she'd actually be a little bit, and the same with Maureen Dahi, like she'd be a little bit depressed that like all that programming was gone for the summer. Because as you say, as I said earlier, it is a landmark in people's week, you know. Um, so are you planning to finish up the season or are you going to go longer? No, we're finishing up on the 29th. That's this day, three weeks, the 29th of yeah. May. And we have a series of compilations are going to be running, country show, um, comedy show of, of guests from the last season. Um, so we'll have a presence there for about four or five weeks um, at least. But I guess you do need a break. I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't feel particularly tired or wrecked from it this year because it's uh, it, the, the, the workload has changed dramatically and uh, for, the, for the better for me at least, not so much for the team. But um, at the same time, I think that when I stop, I'll be glad to get the head uh, rewired and ready for the next season in the in August September. So I'm, I'm be, I'll be happy, but uh, I'll be looking forward to getting back already. Yeah, well, we'll be looking forward to having you back. Could be a whole new world by then. Who knows? We may even have an audience and a vaccine. We need uh, the first. Okay. We need the latter first. I'll try and get that first, and then we we'll give a yeah. vaccine to everyone in the audience, and then we. Can oh my god! See what I did there. That was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> a vaccine for everyone in the audience. What Thanks a hero. so much, Ryan. Stephanie, it's great talking to you. Stephanie, you Thanks for your time. Thanks for coming. If you are still listening, I thank you very, very much. I would be even more grateful if you would share the podcast if you enjoyed it, uh, rate it, and review it on iTunes. That helps us to get up further in the charts and helps more people to find the podcast. So you could share it on your Instagram. If you have any feedback or any questions, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Steph Preisner or on Instagram at Stephanie Preisner. And that's Steph with an F. Our music was brought to you by Only Ruin. Our graphic design and artwork is by Kahlo Gara. And this podcast was produced by the Head Stuff Podcast Network. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.